What's up, Mzanzi? Welcome to episode 329 of Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host, Octavius Bandul. Now, the easiest way to describe companion planting is the process of placing various plant species together so they can mutually benefit from each other. Occasionally, the benefits are one-sided, with the one plant giving the other plant most of the benefits. In this episode, Senior Analyst in Sustainable Agriculture at Green Cape, Sitolise Msinga, shares how companion planting boosts the vitality of the plants. Sitolise, welcome to Farmers Inside Jack. I am so excited to have you with me today and to be able to talk to me about companion planting. Thank you so much, Octavia, for having me. I'm also very excited, especially on today's topic. Can you maybe give us a broad overview of what is companion planting? So companion planting is also known as intercropping. So it's basically when in agriculture or in a gardening situation where you decide to have a different mix of crops in proximity with one another. And you do this for a number of reasons. But the main one, which is quite famous, and I think it's one of the things that kind of promotes companion planting being the fact that it is basically used in pest control pollination and also providing a general habitat that is quite conducive for the crops themselves and also beneficial insects in place and then just the maximization of use space use in terms of the crops themselves and your planting systems and as well as ultimately improving crop yields so that's basically the the definition so the whole thing is really based on a phenomenon called allelopathy which is a biological term, which is basically used when an organism produces biochemicals, which are beneficial to another organism. In this case, it would be crops, right? So allelopathy kind of has two ways. Well, one way that it can be beneficial and another way where it can be detrimental. And so it then goes back to the thing of what kind of crops do you want to have in place and are they compatible with one another? I think we can unpack as we go, but I think the whole principle around allelopathy is making sure that the crops that you choose are beneficial to one another because they ultimately influence the germination, growth, survival, and the reproduction of other organisms within the system. I'm actually curious to know, just a, a question, how common is companion planting in commercializing agriculture spaces? It's one of those biological systems, cultural production that have always been there. And it is common in that, especially given that now we are in the business of maximizing space, we are in the business of maximizing resources. So we are preaching the language of intercropping or companion planting, where we have more than just one crop in place in that specific season. This is very good, especially for a commercial farmer, because what it does is that it also diversifies your revenue streams, right? So it is a common thing that a lot of farmers are practicing at a larger scale these days. And yeah, it's pretty exciting to see that not only from a, a financial benefit that it comes with, because you, instead of just one monocultural production, you kind of have two now. So what's great about it is that it also has the biological benefits, which farmers are now starting to realize and wanting to tap a little bit more into. I mean, we've got the CBAM coming up. We've got the EU that's very strict about how we produce our crops, as an example. So if you're a commercial farmer and you want to tap into that market, and I mean, this then requires a significant reduction in your chemical fertilizer use. 
And I mean, with companion pack planting, these are just some of the benefits that you, you can have where you would significantly reduce your use of chemical fertilizers because you're planting beneficial crops that are able to provide each other with nutrients that they need in order to carry out the entire growth or life cycle of each crop. Speaking of benefits, let's jump into the pros and cons of companion planting for commercial farmers. The biggest one, which I can really think of right now, is really around the commercial benefit of it, is that you're able to diversify your streams. Let's say if there's a bad season, onions or whichever crops that you have, you can be able to benefit from the other crop that you did as your intercrop. So that's a commercial benefit. But then also the natural pest control part of it, which is also called crop trapping, which is when you put two crops in place that are able to repel insects, that are able to repel other pests and diseases, which would otherwise be, that other crop would be a lot more prone to or susceptible to being attacked. But then if you have the other one in place, you're able to naturally repel those pests from attacking your crop, which is great. I mean, I mean, we're speaking about your nematodes and the other stuff that would be detrimental for your crops. And I think there's other crops as well that are able to provide or maybe improve your flowering if you are, that specific crop is about to get into its flowering season. And if you intercrop it with another crop that's able to attract the necessary or beneficial insects for pollination, then you're able to have that. And I think on the basis of understanding that each and every crop has its own extracted nature. So the same principle around providing nutrients when you are planting. So that specific crop will take up those nutrients that it needs and then it leaves out the ones that it doesn't necessarily require for its plant growth. But then now how companion cropping also assists that it kind of replenishes the nutrient status of the soil in that those that are being taken up by specific crops are then replenished by the other crop that is not using those specific nutrients. So in terms of general soil fertility, it's able to also make your soils a lot more richer as well. Is companion planting seasonal based or is it time bound or is it something that you have to figure out dependent on what crops you are growing and what will work for companion planting? Just a little bit more about that. It is seasonal in that, I mean, just like any crop, you would have to figure out when it is okay for you to tap into its production, especially if you're doing it in open land cultivation. So it's time bound or seasonal in that you can't select maybe a summer crop in winter and expect it to do well. So all your combinations have to be that specific season as opposed to just maybe unless it's an annual crop or maybe one that thrives throughout but then if it's a seasonal crop, it's also very important to make sure that you align it with its cropping season so that you can get the maximum benefits from your system. Does companion planting work for management of agricultural pest control? Yes, 100%. It also goes back to the other benefits that I mentioned, not only for pest control, but then the big one that we're kind of looking at now. I think the agricultural sector is really trying to shift away from the use of chemical fertilizers. And we are anticipating chemical fertilizer bans. And so the fact that you're able to benefit from a natural soil fertility improvement system that you create by the intercropping systems that you have in place, and as well as just improving your yields. And I mean, so it kind of is a great thing to have in place. So it does 
definitely improve or is mostly used for pest control, but then it does have other benefits as well. Can you share with us incompatible companion plants for producers? In terms of just the different commodities that you can have, let's say maybe if you are into vegetable production, you can't mix a cabbage, for an example, with fennel or any member of the onion family, as an example. And then carrots don't like being in the same mix as broccolis or cabbages or cauliflower, as an example, or even potatoes. And then cucumbers, you can't really mix it with herbs or potatoes. They don't like that combination. You can't mix lettuce with broccoli in your systems. And you also can't have onions with beans or peas in the same intercropping system. And then peppers also don't like beans. And then pumpkins don't like potatoes. Soya beans, well, they don't have any dislikes. They just like being quite comfortable with most things. And I think it's one, in terms of open land cultivations, it's one of the most beneficial intercropping systems that I've come across. The one of any legumes and grains, maybe your maize. It's literally the best because the legumes are able to nitrogen fix or fix nitrogen, which then is made available to the maize. And then it's a beautiful relationship. My final question. Can you share with us some of the base crops to practice companion planting with? What are some of those examples that you would like to share with us? One that I've already highlighted would be maize and legumes. They have a very good relationship in that they're able to replenish nutrients in the soil and are able to create that circular system, which then again makes sure that there's pest control in place. There's general soil fertility that is maintained. And I think another one would be your spinach and then mixing it with your beans, your cabbages or green peppers or onions as an example. And then tomatoes really like carrots, onions, parsley. And then you find that Pumpkins really like beans. They also enjoy garlic, which is another combination that I was also like, oh, quite weird. But it's apparently a very good relationship to have in place if you have your pumpkins and garlics in place. And then potatoes as well. You can mix potatoes with your beans, with your broccoli, with your cabbage. And I think that's why even in the olden days, we've been seeing quite a lot of potato and cabbage planted together. So there's quite a lot. And I mean, Peas also well intercropped with carrots, potatoes, and as well. Thank you, Sipolise Msinga. For more on the topic, visit www.foodfumzanzi.co.za. And this week, we celebrate hashtag soul sister Lindilwe Boy, a legal expert carving her path in farming. She also champions gender based violence awareness while nurturing crops. Her journey sparked by a desire to create jobs blossomed through self-education and the transformative Soul Sister program. I think lack of training and understanding the market because it was a learning curve for me. I was learning as I was moving. I was failing forward. I think later on, starting with something that you don't know, planting whatever, and it, you become successful out of it, but not planning properly because when you're supplying, you're supposed to to have levels of supply. Not once this one is finished, you know the other one is coming in. This is what we're working on at the moment. That each tunnel, the one is, there's always a lower level. When the first tunnel is ready, the other one is almost ready. So that's what we are doing now so that at least we can be able to supply. 
Lindy Webo is one of the phenomenal women selected to participate in the 2023 Hashtag Soul Sister program. Catch a full interview on www.foodfilmzanzi.co.za and on Foodfilmzanzi's YouTube channel. And that's a wrap. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. From me, Octavia Spandil, our technical producer, Megan van der Fien, and the rest of Hashtag Foodfilmzanzi. Thanks for listening. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.